Welcome to the Women's Take. My name is Perry Meltzer. And I'm Charlotte Steinberg. And this is the podcast where we talk all things sports from the Women's Take. Yeah, so guys, we've had we've definitely had a break so far. We've had winter break at Syracuse, so I apologize that we haven't been uploading, but we're going to be back to probably weekly episodes, so hopefully that will be fine. But Perry and I today are going to talk about um, the NFL playoffs, maybe some women's basketball, talking about Yankees news with Rachel getting hired as the minor league manager, which is huge for women's sports. And um, yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. We might preview the Rams game, which was at 8.15 tonight. We're recording today is Monday, January 17th. So 8.15 today, if you're catching the game, I'm sure you guys are going to be watching this either tonight or tomorrow. But yeah, so um, Perry, what is surprising about the NFL playoffs for you? So J.J. Watt was actually just activated a couple hours ago. So we'll be seeing him in this game tonight. We haven't seen him in months. Um, I am not so surprised by any of the outcomes the last few games. I did expect Dallas to win. I think that the sliding was a no-go, shouldn't have done it. But then if you look closer, the ref knocked into Dak in the final three seconds before he could get the snap off. And it's likely they could have made a play. But my question is, why are you sliding? There's 20 seconds on the clock or so. Just throw the damn ball. I think he was almost worried for an interception. I think that he, from his field, like we see a different angle from the top of the screen. I think that he wasn't seeing from straight on any open defenders or any outlets. And then he saw a split in the defense and he was able to make a run for it for sure. I don't fully understand um, why why he'd slide because he had receivers that are coming um, coming for him down the field. He could have just done a quick sideline throw. Then on the, that's pausing clock at least seven seconds. Right, and there's just going exactly. But you're at the twenty yard line, so I'm confused. You know, like I'm curious to know what was going through his head um, afterwards. He said he was disappointed that there were fans throwing water bottles at him and then they said no they were throwing them at the refs so I think fans were really frustrated over that last three seconds as well but what's interesting is also we can't discredit the 49ers and how they played um yeah. I'm looking at the stats back and really showed up Debo Samuel which okay I haven't had him on my fantasy team and he's like a little bit of a running back and a wide receiver which is really interesting to me so he had 72 yards rushing and 38 yards receiving. So you're getting both ends. Like, it's like pick your yeah. poison. You want him to run? Okay, run. You want yeah. him down the sideline on a go route? He's going. But it's interesting to see that, like, I don't know, Jimmy Garoppolo only threw one interception, and it was only a one-touchdown game. And Doc Peterson, Doc Peterson, that interception basically made the game, to be honest. And, you know, I yeah. talked to a lot of NFL games and uh, people, and they just were like, Dak Prescott sold the game. There's nothing we can do. Yeah. I think also Jimmy Garoppolo came back from injury, was really able to show up. I think another big problem um, was just both defenses were playing pretty good games. And I think that it was a continuation of that Steve Young, Troy Aikman rivalry that we're seeing come in. And also like my dad has pointed out to me is football used to be a much bigger running game than it's been in the last five years or so where the bulk of my fantasy points, or at least maybe yours as well, are coming from those receivers and those big plays that you get. Um, and the running game is not going to be where you're getting those big points. The quarterbacks are even more involved, always have been the center of the team, but I think they're even more involved than they were prior. 
And it's a really, a, it's, it's who can throw the best, who can make the most, um, mo most receiving yards, who's going to have the most completions and who's going to score the most touchdowns. It's less who's going to be able to run up the middle because the defenses are able to lock down and collapse on these running backs a lot quicker now. And now we're in the playoffs. Like we're not, you're not going to be getting straight up the middle. Oh, you have TJ Watt, JJ Watt, like all these defensive linemen that are not going to give it easy. Aaron Donald, another huge guy who's really going to shut you down. Exactly. But like, exactly. He's playing tonight again, but we'll talk about that later. But I think that like these, like Ezekiel Elliott didn't score a touchdown. Like no, that's he didn't. like, that's surprising to me because like he is such a great running back. I remember watching him at Ohio state with my brother and, and then they were playing Indiana and he, he just would fly the guy. He, I, I swear to God, he could have had wings. It was crazy None of to me. these other games, am I surprised by the winner besides that Dallas game? I really do think, um, I think Patrick Mahomes has had a pretty inconsistent season as the, from the point of view of somebody who had him on their fantasy team, he was really hit or miss. Some weeks I was getting 10 points, some weeks I was getting 30. And I really do think that Josh Allen's team has been strong and they just beat a pretty decent Pats team. And I think that they have really good momentum going into this. I think the Titans are a big threat, but I see Joe Burrow after be, winning a playoff game for the first time in 31 years. I think he's more than prepared to win this. I and see Rodgers sweeping the show with the 49ers. I really, I, you know, he used to be one of my favorite players. Some of the controversies have made me think differently of him. And I'm sorry, I think Tom Brady's had a few losses this season. I think Kyler Murray or Matthew Stafford, 100%, either one of them would be prepared to beat Tom Brady. You think so, Tom Brady? We're going to talk about this a little bit because I do have a question for you, Perry. Do you yeah. think Tom Brady's going to go to the Super Bowl this year? I do not. Wow. So, who's your Super Bowl? I think I'm going to go Titans Rams. Okay. Well, I feel like you're being a little biased because Matthew Stafford is your favorite quarterback. And, you know, the Rams, I don't think they're going to make it. I know. Look, Perry's showing me. Uh, you guys can't see, but. Perry showing me her Rams shirt because they are playing tonight, but I don't know. I kind of see it a different way, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the Bengals because Joe yeah. Burrow, that wow, really, for the first playoff win in 31 years, really impressive guy. 244 yards, two touchdowns, 24 of 34. And he's got so many weapons. Well, not so many, but he's got some weapons. I love that. He's identity. the weapon, in my opinion. He's, he's the a, weapon to me. I you know, and the Raiders, look, I, I, I just don't – look, Hunter, Hunter Renfro didn't score a touchdown. He's their biggest threat. He only had 50 yards – 58 yards this game. And Darren Walker, Darren Walker, their tight end, 76 yards. Like, Derek Carr can't do it himself. Like, that, that defense has been pretty solid all year. They're 10-8, and eight and they played an 11-7 Bengals, who's been one of my surprise teams this year. I did not think they were going to play that well because – I just didn't see them going this far, but I knew that the Steelers were not going to lose. We're going to lose. It's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He's going to come up in the playoffs. It's not going to happen. Cowboys. I had the Cowboys winning that game. And it was surprising to me because I thought Dak and Ezekiel Elliott would have a better game. Mm -hmm. um, Eagles, Buccaneers, Buccaneers, Tom Brady. I don't we understand. Antonio Brown. They really we never talked them. about this, but they shut until them out until the fourth quarter. And I wasn't so surprised, honestly, but I do think I need to, 
I don't know off the top of my head who beat Tom Brady this year. I need to look back. If it's one of the teams he could potentially be playing in the playoffs. I think he's, he, lack of better words, he's screwed. I think that these teams, they beat him once before. You go in with that momentum knowing I beat this guy once before. And you have that thought. No matter even if he's more skilled than the other team, you have that inner drive to win a game. I honestly think that that's a lot of it. And I think that that's what happened with the Colts. I think that they lost to the Jags because the Jags went in going, we want to win this game. We want to knock them out of the playoffs. We want to end our season on a strong note. And Trevor Lawrence went in there with that mentality and they won. And I think as much as I loved this season of with the Colts and how great they've been and from being one in three, they've come back to this really phenomenal team. And Frank Reich is just a fantastic head coach. I love Michael Pittman Jr., I absolutely love him. I think he's fantastic. I think that Frank Reich, many people don't know for anyone listening, Frank Reich did some scouting on uh, Carson Wentz when he was at North Dakota State University. Then he got him to the Eagles when he was his offensive coordinator. He left to take the head coaching job at Indy. And when Carson was ready to be traded or moved, Frank Reich was like, hey, want to come to Indy and work with me? They have a really special relationship. And I think that we've seen this team grow a lot. Uh, DeForest Buckner, all these guys, Jonathan Taylor, they just had a sick season that they've really come back from. I did expect them to come in longer. I'm hoping that they build for next year, but I think the Rams are a very similar situation where it's a game last week they should have won and didn't win. And I think they want this win so badly. I think that they will pull out this win. I'm expecting it to be a, I'm going to say a 28 to 21 game Rams. Wow. Um, yeah, I think one of my surprise teams for this season has been the Bills. I have them in my Super Bowl. My Super Bowl prediction right now is Bills-Packers, and I have Packers taking Bills, Packers. it. That's an interesting. I, I definitely don't – I would not take that out of the question. I think that that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I think that the Bills are rolling. They got Stefan Diggs. They got Josh Allen's playing some of his best ball he's ever had this his career. He threw five touchdowns against a pretty good, not pretty good, a good Patriot, Patriots team, right? Like five touchdowns in a playoff game, it's not easy. You For only sure. miss four throws out of 25. Yeah. That's 21 so, throws. To bounce off of the NFL for a second, we also see there are head coaches and front office, literally minute by minute, adios, adios, see you later. The Giants front office decided they were the guy was going to retire which in my mind, and I was talking to my friend Alex, and he was saying that that was his, their way. We, we agreed that retiring is his way of avoiding getting like fired. Whereas well, he, like, was, they, he, was, companies, he was, he was, he was done. not coming back. I'm sorry. So they were like, fired. Um, the Dolphins might have fired. Also the Raiders just fired their coach. And the their GM, Mike Mayock is out. And their GM, yeah. the Broncos fired their coach, the Raiders, um, Jets have, have some faith in Robert Sala. I really see it happening. I see he's got, he's part of that Shanahan like branch and I see him being really good. Um, and a lot of these other teams, they are on the chopping block. They are about to lose their jobs. It's either you don't get it together or adios, find a new job. And to bounce off of that for a second, um, which I think is really cool. So there's a woman named Catherine Raichi, I would say R-A-I-C-H-E. She's the Eagles VP of football operations, and she's believed to be the most senior ranking team personnel position a woman has ever held in the NFL. And the Vikings 
actually have just requested her to interview for their GM job. And Susan Tose Spencer was the first female GM in the NFL history in 1983. So she will not be the first, but I think it's very interesting that the Vikings are asking to interview her, whether it's just a publicity stunt and they're just asking to talk to her. It's a step forward for women. It is a very big step for women. When I saw the news, I was extremely happy because look, I'd love to see a GM as women. I was talking about this with someone and um, one of my friends and people think it doesn't matter your gender. It should matter on talent, right? If you can deal in capabilities. Yes. Right. But I think, look, I think sometimes like with the Marlins, they have the GM of, I don't know her name, but she is now the GM of the Marlins. And like some people thought it was a publicity stunt, but like requesting you, like she at least is getting through the door, right? She's at least getting an opportunity to prove herself. And, you know, I think just traveling back a little bit, but Brian Flores with the Dolphins. I don't know why you fire him. Makes zero sense to me. Um, they had a decent season. They were what nine and seven. They were. I'm looking right now, but nine I think and eight. They were. I, I think say, they were nine and seven. I think they were nine and seven too. Um, listen, they were in the wrong practice the comments. They were nine and eight this season. I think they were in third place. Yes, they were nine. But what was interesting to me is like, yes, they got blown out by the Titans and everything, but from to start the to end the season, but I just don't understand it because they just, the last week they beat the the Patriots 24 to 33. And that's an impressive ball, impressive win against the Patriots team that was in the playoffs. But Brian Flores, what did you say? Which is so confusing to me for sure, because, and this is kind of a little bit off topic, but when you look at some of these teams and the records that they hold, just because their division might be more stacked and it pulls them out, there are teams with records that are good enough to make the playoffs, but because of the standings of their division, it doesn't work. Yeah, I just, I think Brian Flores will get another job. I have no doubt that. I think he will too. Um, I think another interesting thing to go back to women is for hockey. We're not big hockey people, but we are very big into women in advancement. And the LA Kings had a woman named Aisha Aisha Visram serving on the bench as their athletic trainer. She's believed to be the first female to work regular season game for the NHL behind the bench at any capacity. And on her turf is where I'm getting the site, the source from. And it's really cool that she was able to get this position. And it also bounces back to um, Rachel, was it Bolkovich? Is that her last name? Yes. She just got hired to be working for single A, really high position for the Yankees and big Yankee fan. I love to see that. And she actually, fun fact, had to change her name on her resume from Rachel to Ray in order to get calls. She was Rachel on her resume, was not getting calls, switched it to Ray on her resume, started getting calls, whether she was going to get those jobs or not. Okay, but she changed it and made a difference. And I was talking about this with my mom and she said it's what, and she thought it was saying, she's like, well, you have a boy name. I gave you a feminine spelling. She goes, I didn't want, she's like, it could give you an opportunity when you speak for people who are prefacing or have a preference for men to work for them. They see your name on a resume or your sister's name. My sister is Danny. They're going to think you're a man potentially and take you for a job or an interview and see you with a 
as a female with a man name and that can help get your foot in the door. So I think it's really interesting this like prejudice that we still have against women in sports, et cetera, and how having a masculine name is getting women in the door quicker. It's true. I think it's really great that we're seeing women are finally breaking a little bit more of that barrier. For years, we've been scratching and scratching and scratching. And now we're finally seeing stuff that's actually taking place. And it's really nice to see that like women can do just as well as men in the sports yeah. sector. I'm like, sorry, but like we have some men in our world that are like, like, nope, no women. They belong in the kitchen. And, you know, all those comments that like the WNBA free agency is just starting up. It started up right. um, today. And it's really interesting. All these men are now really interested. And I'm like, now you're interested all of a sudden now that like Sabrina Unescu's in the league and you know you got Kelsey Plum and Liz Cambage and like now you're interested yeah and it's definitely an interesting thing you know women are I think will never play on the male level I don't think I can see that really ever happening because of size differences but I definitely can see women getting more roles but I saw Becky Hammond left the Spurs and went to the Aces and you know what in some ways I think tell you can tell me I'm wrong I think it was a disservice to women that she took that job I think leaving the NBA to go to the WNBA in some ways a little bit of a disservice because she was paving the way for women in the NBA even though she was now given a little bit of a bigger job I think it would have been beneficial for women if she stayed I'm going to disagree with that because I think it's great that she's going to be, first of all, the Las Vegas Aces are one of the best teams in the WNBA. She attracts, she, Greg Popovich is not going to leave. She, for viewers who don't know, she is a, a, was Becky Hammond was an assistant coach. Coach for the San Antonio Spurs. For the San Antonio Spurs under Greg Popovich, legendary coach. Not going anywhere for a long time. Not going to go anywhere for a long time. Um, But I think that like, Becky Hammond, now people are like, okay, like Becky Hammond was a great coach in w, through the NBA. Let me go see what she's doing in the WNBA. You're driving more and more people to watch the WNBA. Look, For Sabrina sure. Unescu, when she came out of Oregon, everyone knew her name. Every single person in this world, if you were a sports fan, you knew Sabrina Unescu. Triple-double queen, should have won the national championship for Oregon, but her season got canceled because of COVID. But she's driving more traffic to the WNBA now that she's in it and is now, look, she's the head coach. And who knows? She could go back to the NBA. There's no stopping her. Don Staley in South Carolina has gotten uh, number one team in the nation, has gotten interest from the NBA. You know, like- I see maybe in a few years her moving her way around. I think that it gives hope to a lot of women in life who are interested in sports to potentially be asked for these GM jobs. I think it's really fantastic. I think- it's so eye-opening and so cool to me to see um, Rachel standing in the dugout in those pictures in a female cut of these Yankee jerseys, holding a clipboard with her Oakleys on, paving the way for all these people. And look, now, like, I remember when I was growing up, I would never see women on a sideline or anything, like, nothing to look up to. And now girls looking up can now, wow, look, she's a manager of the Yankees. I can do that one day, yes, maybe. exactly. That's what I think like, and the WNBA, I want to kind of transition because we do have free agency now and we have a lot of free agency. Super coming back another year. Well, look, Seattle, they just got, um, I think, a fine because they, they announced, she announced that they announced she was coming back on their account, which 
we all know Sue Bird's going to go up to the Seattle Storm. There's no way she's leaving. She was not going anywhere else. And to many of you who do not know, Sue Bird has been in a long-term relationship with soccer star Megan Rapinoe, who plays for a club um, originating in Seattle as well. They're very much so. They're actually, sorry, not girlfriend. I apologize to Sue and Megan. They are engaged, soon to be married, and they live in Seattle. So I don't see them anytime her leaving. She's going to have one more year probably, and that's about it. You know, she discussed freezing her eggs, and I listened to Becky Sarabron actually talk about it on a podcast through Just Women Sports called Snacks, which is hosted by uh, Samantha Mewis and Lynn Williams, two soccer players, and how a lot of these women's teams are talking about, like, freezing your eggs and female fertility and all these things. And I think that Sue Bird wants one more year and then she's going to go ahead and dive right into this parenthood and this lifestyle that she and Megan want together. Yeah. Um, there are so many free agency free agents in the WNBA. It's going to get crazy. I'm sure we're going to talk about it more when all the dust settles, but players like Angel McCautry, Tina Charles, Sophie Cunningham, Candace Dupree, Stephanie Dolson. Um, That's a big one. Allie Quigley. Um, Alana Smith, Brianna Stewart, who's probably going to go back to the storm. They'd be crazy to let him go. Um, Kia Stokes, um, Courtney Vandersloot. And then also there's some restricted free agents, which for viewer, um, for listeners that are listening, that means they're court. So they have special bargaining with the team, but they can still be signed by a different team. And there's right now, there's only, um, about like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's about 10, Asia Wilson, Mercedes Russell, Kia Nurse, Lindsay Allen, all these players that have been I love Kia Nurse. She was Kia Nurse, um, what's her name? Katie Lou Samuelson and Nafisa Collier. And then a few others were such a fun team to watch at UConn, I would say about our sophomore year of high school. So like four or five years ago. They were great. Yeah. I see Brianna Stewart. There's a few reasons why I see her going back to Seattle. Okay. Sue Bird, good friend of hers. UConn alum, love each other. Great. She's Katie Samuelson has been a starter. She's used to playing with Stewie. You know, they're used to each other. I just think that the dynamic of that team has been fantastic over the last couple of years, and I don't see it changing. Um, yeah, something definitely to watch out for. But speaking of UConn, they just lost tonight to Oregon. Um, 72-59, Oregon is not ranked. UConn is ranked number nine. And I was really, they showed no, they showed no energy. I'm sorry, but like I, I watched the entire game on my phone and they got out to a 7-0 start in the beginning and Oregon just ran away. Tahina Pow Pow is going to be a special point guard in WNBA. I and think she has a few more weeks till she's even considered to be coming back too, which is another problem. Well, Paige's not coming back till February. Um, they lost Kristen right. Chris. Kristen to COVID protocols and Azizi Fudd is not playing. I, I don't know, but she has an injury. They haven't put a timetable on her, but Oregon, I just want to give, they are, I, I'm not trying to be biased, but they are one of my favorite teams, but Maddie Shear, defensive effort, five points, four steals, four assists. Great job. Yeah. I like Pow Pow. Prince a lot. I think her advocacy is great. I think yeah. even if she's not the best player on that team, her advocacy well, and her personality is fantastic. Well, Sedona Prince, so UConn threw a zone at Oregon, and right. she found those soft spots in the zone at really the free throw line, and she would just – She's huge, it. too. She's a tall girl. She's so funny, and she's really, I think, a very special player because of her size. 
Yeah, and Oregon is just coming off a win against Arizona at number seven, and now they beat a number nine, UConn. They better be right. I'll be so They're gonna. I think that they will be a team to watch once we start hitting March, for sure. They're going to be, I'm telling you, they're going to be really good. But also, Caitlin Clark and other news, she just got her fourth career triple-double against Nebraska. She's they another did- breed. She is another breed, this girl. She's going to be good, I'm telling you. All these players. She's but great. My point is, my point is that there's so much talent at the college level that yes. needs more advocacy. Like, I follow a lot of accounts on Instagram, but, like, ESPN, like, like, look, UConn just lost. I'm sure they're going to make a big story of it. But, like, what about, like, the other teams? Like, South Carolina is doing really well. Like, Oregon just beat two top ten opponents in the matter of 48 hours. Like, where's the coverage? But that's my I take. Think a lot, the WNBA, I think, is going to be a really fun and fantastic league to be following in the next three years. I just want I just want more people watching. Like, I see so these talent is going to feed into the WNBA and it's going to be fantastic. Megan Walker actually was just waived by the Suns. Yeah. Not the Suns, sorry. The Mercury. The Mercury, yeah. Yeah, she was she just got waived traded. by them. Where'd yeah. she end up going? Well, she was traded from the Mer- to the Mercury. Um, and she was waived. She was waived. I think Megan Walker, look, all these She's UConn good. players. She was good. good. She was no Crystal Dangerfield when she was at UConn, though. There was no comparison between the two. I think that, like, what the thing is, like, UConn, it's a historical program, has lots of history. Great players have come through the program. But, like, sometimes I think, honestly, and this might, I might get some heat for this, but, like, I think sometimes, like, the name intrigues all these teams. Like, oh, my God, she plays for UConn. Let me, let me, let me give her, like, 25 minutes a game. And then she doesn't produce. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be surprised. You know, I Your think that like make you look better sometimes too than you actually are. Exactly. Like UConn, like they have the number, like they have Azizi Fudge, she was the number one recruit, and she's not even playing because of injury. But like we haven't seen anything. And already mock drafts on ESPN are saying she's gonna go number one. You haven't even seen her play. And, and just also, because she's I was UConn. Looking, I was looking at um like the projections where the top 10 recruits have gone this year. There's the number one recruit in the country. Lauren Betts. Went to, is going to UConn, I think. No, she's going to Stanford. She's going to Stanford. Number two, I think, is going to Stanford also. Three, I think, is going to UConn. And then I think Oregon and Arizona seem to be the next few bunches after that. I personally, I, I've been following the the Oregon team since Sabrina Unescu because obviously when Sabrina right. stayed another year, I was like, Liberty, Everyone here we go. that. Yeah, and I was sad she couldn't win a championship, but tell yeah. definitely my team to watch. Pac-12, good teams, Arizona, Oregon, Oregon State, Stanford, Stanford with the Hull Twins, and you got Ashton Prechtel there. But I think that the we need more we need more um, coverage of women's sports, but especially in the WNBA and at the college level. Like, all, Caitlin Clark, Lexi Hull, like, um, Aaliyah Boston, all these players are going to be coming to the WNBA we need more coverage, but that's my take on women's basketball. Um, so to wrap it up, what do you think your score prediction is for this game tonight? Um, for the Rams, we're talking, right? Yeah, Rams Cardinals. Kyler Murray versus Matthew Stafford. Um, I think Kyler Murray's gonna choke. Um, good prediction. Yeah, I I just don't see it getting it done for the Cardinals. They do have targets, but and I see that he does they a do lot of lot. running. He does a lot of running, and I think Aaron Donald's gonna shut him down. I think. Look. They have J.J. Watt coming back, which is great for them. But at the same time, 
I don't know if Kyler Murray's ready. Like, I know he puts out this quote that everyone makes fun of him. Like, I didn't come here to lose games. But at the same time, I have Rams right now looking at um, – I don't know what the projection is right now. 56% or 58% that they will win the Rams. What's the over-under? Do you know the over-under? Yeah, let me look. Um, yeah, well, Perry's looking for that. Um, I, I don't know. It's a very, um, Rams are favored by three, three, uh, favored 3.5 under, um, the over under is 49.5 for all you betters out there. And yeah, the, the pitchings on that are pretty interesting. Are pretty interesting. I don't, um, I don't think Matthew Stafford's going to have the prettiest game. I don't think Kyler – I think Kyler Murray's not going to – no quarterback's going to have this five-touchdown game that we saw from Josh Allen. Um, I think that Kyler Murray – look, he's thrown for over 30, 37,000 uh, – 3,700 yards this year, 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And um, Matt Stafford's thrown for over 4,000 – almost 5,000 yards this season, and he has a ratio of 41 touchdowns, 17. But that doesn't matter when you come to the playoffs, right? You've got to – you got to show up, but um, I'm trying to think about my prediction. One is the percent. Yeah, um, I'm going to take the Rams here. I don't think they're going to go to the Super Bowl like Perry's telling you guys, but um, I think that the Rams are going to take it. It's going to be a close one, but I got mm, 27-23. That's my prediction. Perry, what about you? 28-21, L.A., baby. Wow. Well, those are our predictions. You guys can tell us in the comments how close one of ours and another were yeah. closer, but um, we're relatively in the same range. But that's going to conclude our episode. Um, episode we're gonna be, Yep, episode three. We're going to we'll be back. Consistency once we're back at school and we're living under the same roof again. It's just been a little tricky with travels and the holidays, etc. Yes, I apologize. I went to Florida. Shout out Lindsay Fine. Thank you for housing me. Um, I did yeah, as well. Shout out to my grandpa for housing me. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is going to conclude this episode. We covered a lot. We wanted to focus on NFL because obviously the playoffs are going on. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's been a little bit of a shorter one this time, but um, Thank you guys for listening. If you made it all the way through, make sure to follow us on social media at the women's take also at for the owners of us. It's at Char Steinberg and at Perry Meltzer. Um, thank you guys for joining us. Um, and yeah, Perry, any, any thoughts for our, our listeners? No. And hopefully next week we'll be able to put an episode filming. I know the sound is probably a tiny bit off when we're not in the same place, but hopefully we'll be able to get it set up. Yes. Okay. Thank you guys for joining us. See you next time. Bye. Bye, guys.